Welcome to The Wrap, a Warren Averett podcast for business leaders designed to help you access vital business information and trends when you need it so you can listen, learn, and then get on with your day. Time is tight. That's why our advisors have wrapped up today's most timely topics into a podcast with actionable advice. Now, let's get down to business. Hey, Paul. Hey, Kim. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I'm good. So we are recording live from our Panama City office today. When do we get to go to the beach? I don't think we get to go to the beach today, but it would be nice. It's warm enough to still go to the beach. Nice little breeze too. You know, what was surprising um, for those listening, Paul and I flew in from Atlanta this morning and we're almost one year from when Hurricane Michael um, came and, and hit Mexico Beach, which is a neighbor to Panama City. And I think we were both pretty shocked at the level of damage that is still here almost a year later. We, we have heard a lot of talk about, um, and when we're recording this, this will be, you know, go live later, but when we are recording this, a very large hurricane has just skirted the United States um, southeast coast, and we've been hearing about it for days. And when Hurricane Michael was approaching, you know, if we remember correctly, it was a very small hurricane leading up to the day that it had landfall, and we didn't hear a lot about it. And I think it surprised people. And I think also those of us who don't live down here really can't grasp the magnitude of the damage that was done um, because we didn't hear a lot about it leading up to it. And so I don't think people were prepared for it to be a, a significant cat- category five hurricane. And, um, but, you know, we've, we've obviously heard from people in our Panama city office, we heard in the immediate days after, after the hurricane hit the damage that was done. And, um, you know, our firm was able to send people down and, and support our team here. But I just got to say that I, I, I feel a little silly that I, that I didn't realize the, the magnitude of the, just the area that was impacted. It was a significantly, um, it was a significant area that was affected and we're not even, we didn't even go near Mexico beach. So um, I think that just sets the tone for today's topic, which is really on, you know, disaster preparedness. And I think that the people that we have here today from our Panama city office, unfortunately have firsthand experience with this. And I think there's a lot that um, people could learn from the experience that this, the people in this office have, have gone through. Uh, experience is both on a personal and a business level, right? So our own business, but then helping our clients, because even though we are still trying to, they were still trying to sh- handle their own personal lives, there were clients that needed help as well. And so they were stepping in. So, so today from our Panama city office, we have Mindy Rankin partner in our tax department down here. Jason Alves, a partner in our audit department here. Welcome. Thanks, Paul and Kim. Glad to be here. Thanks, Paul and Kim. So having been through kind of a, a, a natural disaster, what advice do you, what's the, the, the first advice you have for business owners, both personal and business side of it? What, what is the thing you want them to know to be more prepared for when, should something like this happen again? 
I think one of the biggest things that um, a lot of our clients realized was that they didn't have the proper insurance coverage. Um, we had several clients that own multiple buildings here in Panama City, and they actually didn't even have wind coverage. And so they thought that they were completely insured. You know, they pay big premiums every year and they were for fire and flood and stuff like that, but there was actually no wind coverage. Um, that is probably the biggest thing that we've seen affect mo the majority of our small businesses. Um, one of the other things is they actually didn't even have their policy information with them. So when they left and evacuated, wow. um, all of their policy information was in their office. And in some cases, it was completely flooded. Um, we had one client where the air conditioning units on top of their building fell in. Wow. And so there was water everywhere. I mean, it rained inside their building. So they sure. actually even even had trouble locating their policy information to know who to call. Um, a lot of people kind of think about their insurance agent as their contact because that's who they deal with the most. Sure. But when you have a natural disaster, you're actually dealing with the insurance company itself and not the local agent. So what would you, what did you learn from that? Meaning what, what should they have done? We, we heard that they didn't, right? They didn't have access to their policies. They didn't have the proper coverage. So what would you tell a business owner now knowing that how they can be better prepared for this type of event? I think one of the things that we talked about the most was, you know, the day before the storm hit, it came up very quickly. And actually we were really close to the October 15th deadline because it hit on October the 10th. And so Russell and Jay and I were up here working, still working on tax returns. And before we left, I actually thought maybe we should take a video with our phones of everything we have in the office, because if something happens, how do we even remember what we had in here? So I think that a really good thought. <laughs> as you're, as you're preparing to evacuate or to close your business, I mean, one of the things definitely is to just use your phone. Like everybody has access to video now, just pick it up real quick, do a walkthrough. It will help you tremendously because a lot of times on the insurance um, claims afterwards, especially on the contents, they actually require you to send a list of contents. And it's very difficult to recreate that when you're basically just trying to go from memory. And that's good advice, I think, for preparing for all types of, um, you know, devastating events, whether it's a natural disaster or a fire or a flood. I actually have heard that before that periodically you should take pictures or videos of your, your house so that you remember you know, what you have, the contents in your house. And I think that's good advice for a business too, is ever so often to just take that kind of record into account so that in the event there was something that happened, you would have documentation to support writing all that up. Yeah, I think that one of the things that we have always discussed with our clients is making sure that they take backups home with them and just have or have a separate location somewhere. And so in a lot of cases, we actually were the backup for them. So we had to go back and find the last file they had sent us, especially for their accounting work. A lot of small businesses use QuickBooks. And so, you know, we always say to them on Friday, make yourself a backup and just take it in the car with you. So in some situations, we actually had the backup that they needed to basically restore their file and be able to continue on with their accounting. And that goes back to, in, in my world, from an IT perspective, disaster recovery plans, right? So that's not just how do I get my business up and running, but who do I call when, when a disaster happens and who, who am I reaching out to for 
different aspects of it. And, and do I have a copy? I think you said nobody could find their policy. They didn't know who to talk to. Well, they, you know, an electronic copy of, of everything should be somewhere, right? You know, another issue that we had with Hurricane Michael was all of the cell towers were destroyed. So there was zero communication. It was the old fashioned way where you actually had to walk to somebody's house if you wanted to talk to them. I mean, it was really crazy. And I mean, that just leads me into thinking about like having an employee list. You know, luckily with Warren Averett, we had you know, other offices that were fully up and running. So we had to make immediate contact with them just so we could find our employees and make sure that everybody was okay. So another thing that businesses need, especially an HR person or someone who's kind of in charge of that is to have some kind of list, have them stored in your phone, because a lot of people, like some employees, you just may not have a contact for, but just having a list of everybody's name and number already stored in your phone is very helpful because we immediately started sending out texts to each other, just trying to make sure that we were alive. And it's kind of funny, but I had actually evacuated at midnight the night before because we got scared. And I was up in Auburn because that was the closest hotel I could find. And like my employees were calling me from random people's cell phones because apparently there was one cell provider that was actually working. And so people were just borrowing phones from people. I mean, I remember Missy calling me and she's like, Hey, I just want to let you know I'm alive and I'm using so-and-so my neighbor's phone. Like I can't, I can't talk, but I just wanted you to know I was alive. And so that was like all the communication we had between each other. So businesses were scrambling, trying to like get up with their employees and make sure they were okay. That's a really good point. Um, and again, so in Atlanta, I'm sure m most of the country remembers when we had snowpocalypse and it, it was again, not to the magnitude of devastation that you guys experienced, but in terms of it, it happening quickly, um, we, we had heard that there was a chance of, you know, some ice and snow coming in, but it was supposed to come in that night. And instead, um, the, the schools and everyone made the decision that it was coming in sooner. And they all made the same decision to close early at, you know, two o'clock and the storm moved in faster than we, we were prepared for. And so you put 7 million people all out on the road and then the storm hit. And so you had people stranded all over the city. And we had the same type of thing of trying to account for all of our people. And, you know, I was up until midnight that night, you know, waiting for the, for confirmation of the last person on my team to know that they were somewhere safe because we had people that were stranded at the office. We had people that were stranded in their cars on the interstate. We had people that abandoned their cars and walked you know, to either a hotel or to their home. Um, and then we had people that took up in a hotel for the evening. And so it was, you know, we were, we were trying to locate every single person. And so just the thought of you, do you have that roster? Do you have a list? Can you check off and communicate to make sure everyone's accounted for? That's something you don't really think that you would need to do, but, but it's definitely something to consider. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. So Jason, you're from Mexico Beach and that was that was hit pretty hard, right? Yeah, that's right. We, uh, my family and I uh, evacuated a few days before the storm. We, have a, we had at the time a six-week-old son at home um, in a 100-pound Labrador. So we decided to head to Fort Rucker, Alabama, 
and, you know, only took minimal items uh, because, you know, at that point, I think the storm was a category one or two and, you know, everyone's notion was it would just, you know, take some, a little damage community would and it would blow on past. But obviously when it made landfall um, to category five, it was complete devastation. I think as Mindy had mentioned, you know, all the cell phone towers were down. So we had no communication with anyone that had stayed actually in town. Um, so the only glimpse that we got was, you know, the red roof on, on our house. And, you know, from the pictures, from the helicopter pictures, it looked like everything was fine until it panned to the other side and, and the whole part of the roof is gone. And so, you know, at that point, we knew that it was major um, at our, at our specific home. Jason, you bring up a point that these people are clients, they have businesses, but they have families and lives and homes. And, you know, our focus is generally on helping them get their businesses back up and running. And to Mindy's point, helping them run payroll, but they're also dealing with a lot of stress and trauma and, you know, where do they pick up their lives? They've, they've literally lost their home and everything in it. And uh, how do you, how do you walk through that as, you know, you're trying to be a business advisor, but you're, you're dealing with this personally. So, I mean, and you can't just quit, quit work and go, go deal with that. Right. I mean, you've got to balance both. So how did you do that? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, unfortunately, you know, catastrophic events seem to bring people together, uh, definitely in the local community, you know, you know, if everyone goes through something like that, you know, they're, I felt a sense of camaraderie in the community, you know, local government officials were very helpful. Um, you know, people from more neighbor came down to help us salvage what we could from the home. You know, we received donations for, you know, diapers and, and wipes and everything for our son, um, dog food for our, our large Labrador. Um, just, you know, the little things and, you know, all the calls and texts. So I think, you know, the, the caring that everyone showed, I mean, it, it, that helped us get through it, you know, and we're still, and, you know, we're not a hundred percent better, you know, um, we're still dealing with a little PTSD, um, especially watching Dorian come up through, you know, the Southeast U S and, you know, there was a thought that it potentially could skip over Florida and hit us again. Um, so that was scary. So when businesses are trying to prepare for this, looking back now a year later, what is, what is the two or three things, you know, you wish you had done beforehand before the storm even was out there or, or as you were packing up, what were, what were some of the things you look back and go, you know, I really should have done X. I really should have done Y. You know, simply put, everyone needs to have a plan. And I know that sounds very easy, but you know, you need to have a plan for where are you going to go? You know, if you have a pet, does that place take pets? Um, You know, you need to be be familiar with, you know, evacuation routes and whatnot. And you should ensure that you've got all the necessary supplies you'll need to get through, you know, a week or a week and a half, you know, a, a specific amount of time. And, you know, really have an intimate knowledge of your insurance policies as well as, you know, assess, you know, assessing the coverages and um, assessing if you need business interruption insurance to help you through the time when your business is down. 
And I would say business interruption aspect of an insurance, actually reading it and knowing what's allowed and what's not. Cause I'm, I'm sure like every other aspect of an insurance claim or an insurance policy, there are some things that would be allowed and some things that, Oh, you can't really take that. And it's, it's where's the revenue coming from right now, not the anticipated increase in revenue. Right. So you've got to have all of that aspects and know what those parts of the policy are, because I, I see a lot of people in all aspects of an insurance policy. Oh, I, Oh, I thought that was covered. Oh, I thought that was covered. And that that's probably what a lot of businesses have run into. You know, just because you have a policy for, you know, a hundred thousand dollars and you have a loss does not mean your the insurance company is going to max your policy. So definitely ensuring that you have the right policy limit, um, you know, depending on your risk appetite, it may be better to be overinsured. Thank you, Jason, for sharing your personal story of, you know, the immediate thoughts and feelings that come when you're living in that moment after, you know, a category five hurricane takes a direct impact on your small beach community. Um, but what are the things that you learned from like the days after, like what happens? So the, the hurricane hits, you assess that damage, but what, what happens after? You know, there's trees on your building, there's trees on your house and there's people just walking around saying, Hey, I'll do this for you. Right. But you don't know if they're licensed. You don't know if they have insurance. So having a contract on the front end, especially if you're a large business and you have multiple locations, having a contract with one of those companies that says, this is what our rates are, you know, and they have to guarantee that they're going to be there for mm -hmm. you, you know, as soon as you call or as soon as there's a storm coming your way, they set up on the perimeter and they're there and you know, they're legitimate business and you know that they're licensed and insured. Again, just things that you take for granted that you don't even anticipate being a problem. <laughs> And, and again, bringing it back to technology, it seems like a lot of this kind of revolves around technology, but um, which Paul, Paul likes when we talk about that, but, you know, losing the technology really limits what you can do and really impacts your ability to get back up and running. There are some tax benefits available. What are a few things that you could share with people listening that maybe they aren't aware of the benefits that are available to them? From a business perspective, um, pretty much everybody that we've, every return we've been doing this year has had a casualty loss on it. It's been real interesting. Um, we had to spend a lot of time early on, you know, uh, honing in on our expertise on casualty calculations. And from a business perspective, if you incurred a loss that's not insured, or you actually had to spend more than you got from the insurance company, which happens in a lot of cases because you have a deductible. I mean, everybody has a deductible and a lot of the businesses, especially they're pretty sizable. So if you have a $50,000 deductible, then obviously it's going to take you more than what the insurance company gave you to repair your building or your contents or whatever it was that your business lost. Um, so those casualty calculations go on your return. They're ordinary losses, just like if you, um, you know, spent money on any other ordinary and necessary business expense. And the benefit is that you actually, in a presidentially declared disaster area, you can actually take it back to 2017. So you can take it back to the previous
previous year. And if you remember correctly, back in 2017, the tax rates were higher than they are now because of the new Trump tax law. So on a, in a lot of cases, we've had to actually go back to 2017 and file an amended return to claim the casualty loss. And with the storm happening in late October, you know, a lot of people weren't able to make their repairs until 2019 just because of the resources and waiting on contractors and waiting on local people to have some time to come to your business and actually do the work. So the benefit is you might have spent it in 2019, but you can actually use your actual cost of repair over the whole time to determine your drop in fair market value. So it's kind of complicated and I don't, I'm sure on the podcast, we don't need to get into all the details, <laughs> but just in general, you know, from a business perspective, if you have a loss then you're going to be able to deduct it and it's going to help you in your tax situation and it could get you an immediate refund if you actually make the election to carry it back to 2017. And just for those listening that maybe aren't as familiar with all of the the rules around tax taxes and filings. So Mindy, you mentioned that the deadline to file the claim related to Hurricane Michael is October 15th, 2019. Does that mean that the the deadline would be one year? For example, this hurricane that has just hit the East Coast, there are quite a few presidentially declared disaster areas that I would assume will get some sort of relief that that you're referring to would their deadline be one year as well so basically the rule is that because it's a presidentially declared disaster area and they want you to have access to money as soon as possible, they allow you to go back and amend your prior year return. So for anybody that's in Hurricane Dorian's path that's getting hurt now, if they have all their facts and they can actually go back and amend their 2018 return and hopefully get a refund that's like goes right into their pocket. So really you have the extended due date of the following year. So it's always going to be October 15th. It's just the year in which you are actually filing um, so the Hurricane Dorian people will have until October 15th of 2020 Got to it. go back and amend their 2018 return. And we're specifically referring to a hurricane, but to your, to your point earlier, it's any presidentially declared disaster area. So you mentioned the California fires. There are also parts of the country that get hit by um, tornadoes. Um, you know, we haven't had an earthquake to that magnitude lately, but that could be an example. Anything that is um, a presidentially declared disaster area would be qualified for this. Jason, so here on the wrap, we like to take 60 seconds and wrap this up. What is the final thought that you, that you want to leave the, the listeners uh, as it relates to preparedness from a, from a natural disaster perspective? Yeah, sure. I think it's important to have a plan. You know, I think we've said that multiple times. I mean, but, have a, you know, a strategic, you know, pretty detailed plan for yourself, for your family, um, and for your business. Um, you know, it's important to have a checklist, you know, where you can tick through all the items that you've thought through um, and have a trusted advisor, you know, in mind ready, that, that is ready and will be able to help you through the difficult times ahead. That's good. That's good uh, advice for folks to take. And, you know, June 1st starts the season, right? So hopefully a couple months before that, that's when folks around here are trying to prepare for the next season, correct? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think technically hurricane season runs through the end of October, uh, but it's important to revisit the plan every year um, to make, you know, things change, obviously. 
that's that's good stuff. Well, this was a this was a different um, podcast to to record. I'll, I'll say I don't think we've had one that's been so um, at the emotional side of of things. Yeah, I agree. Thank you, Mindy and Jason, for agreeing to share something that is so personal to both of you. And I just want to, on behalf of all of Warren Averett, you know, tell you how much we appreciate all that you've done and how much we admire what you've been through and how you've assisted each other and our clients. And I know that um, it was not something you hope you ever have to live through again, but we certainly um, want to acknowledge all, all that you've done. So thank you both for being here today. And that's a wrap. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a review on your streaming platform. To check out more episodes, subscribe to our podcast series, or make a suggestion for other topics to cover, visit us at warrenaverett.com forward slash the wrap.